So the bottom line is, is that um, there are um, several segments of this conversation the Chassid has with the Rebbe Rashab, and each segment, the Rebbe Rashab goes deeper and deeper. I'll check it out later. Each, each segment, the Rebbe Rashab goes deeper, thank you very much, goes deeper and deeper explaining what a Chassid is. And so far, uh, what we learned is that a Chassid is someone who gives up their own definite benefit for the sake of helping someone else. For example, uh, just like in the Gemara it says that a chassid would burn his nails rather than bury them because it would be uh, impossible for the nails to cause any damage to someone um, once he buried them, once he burned them. And although that will cause damage to himself, as Gemara says, when you burn a part of your body, it's not, so, not such a blessing for yourself. Nevertheless, a chassid would rather um, cause a definite damage to himself rather than, uh, for, because the chance, if he, cause he, if he buried his nails, they might get uncovered. So he's ready to hurt himself for the possible benefit it may bring to someone else. So in a similar way, the chassid is a lamplighter, he wants to go and to light up someone else's, someone else's candle, someone else's neshama. doesn't matter to him if he'll be successful, not be successful. He wants to go and try to light up someone else's neshama because, uh, because he cares about another, another yid. I, my, while he's involved in lighting, lighting up someone else's neshama, he cannot do something. He, can, he has to ignore his own benefit. He has, to, um, he has to stop thinking about himself and think about someone else. And more... When he tries to help him, someone else, um, he may not be successful because the other person has free will. And regarding yourself, if you, Talmud tells you, if you try, you're going to be successful. So for, for yourself, you'll for sure be successful. For someone else, it's only a maybe. But a chassid doesn't care. A chassid says, I would rather spend my time maybe helping you, maybe I'm going to help you, rather than doing something for sure that will benefit me. That's what a chassid is. So the chassid Rashab continued and with this chassid, the chassid asked a deeper question. deeper question was, but what if we're talking about somebody who is like a desert? He is someone who has no redeeming value. Just like a desert is a place where there's no, no one lives in a desert, so too this person... I didn't say shock yet, did I? I'm sorry. I said shock already. I didn't say only. Okay, so I didn't say shock. What? Thank you. A desert is a place where no one lives. Spiritually, a desert means a place which has no menshachkeit. A desert is a place where there is no, no, no um, redeeming value. Just like Alter writes in Tanya, there are some people with no virtue whatsoever. So you might ask, am I obligated to go and try to make an effort to help someone who I feel that they have, they're, they're so indecent, and they're so uh, cold, and they're so frigid and insensitive, and they're so unaware of who they are, why should I go waste my time? That's what the Chassid asked Rebbe Hashab. Why should, do I have to go, to, if the lamps are in the desert, do I have to go to the desert? Rebbe Hashab said, you have to go to the desert. And the reason is, is because the desert will be embarrassed that it's a desert, and I'll stop being a desert. The guy who you're trying to inspire, will he has neshama too, and when his, his neshama starts to bother him in the language of the Rebbe, it will, he will be embarrassed of where he is, and he's going to make moves. And more, another benefit of inspiring this Jew is that people should notice 
that this isn't a, a place that you should try to live. People should notice that this guy's behavior leaves much to be desired. If he's going to remain a desert, so then he is like a, uh, like, like, similar to what the Talmud calls a uh, a pit in a public area. This guy is, some people will say, oh, I can learn from him. So it's, it's important that his neshama starts, it's not just for his own benefit, but for the benefit of everyone around him, it's important his neshama starts to shine in him. Um, which will, yes, it will cause him to be uh, uh, embarrassed about his, his spiritual state, and yes, you're obligated to do this. But now the Chassid asked the clincher question, which Rebbe Hashem had to actually think about before he responded. The question he asked is, we said there's two kinds of, of um, uh, wealth, and two kinds of poverty, there's physical wealth and physical poverty, and the ultimate expression, ultimate experience of wealth and poverty is in knowledge. So we spoke about someone who's poor in knowledge, poor in sensitivity, this guy who's desert-like. But what if the person is an ocean? The ocean is the opposite. Ocean means someone who's full of teira. He's full of, of knowledge. What do you do about someone who is an ocean? So on page uh, 8 in this PDF, page 136. Yam. What is the ocean? The Talmud says about the ocean. Whatever exists in dry land also exists in the ocean. The whole area of the ocean is full of water. When the Tanakh wants to give an example of something which is full, like when Mashiach will come, it says the world will be full of the knowledge of Hashem. What's the language the Talmud employs to describe how the world will be full of knowledge of Hashem? It says it will be as full as water covers the ocean bed. Because the water covers the entire area of the ocean bed. That means that if there is in the ocean any place which is empty, any place which is missing a space, the water will move there and they will fill up that place which is a, that vacuum, that empty space will not remain empty in the ocean. The ocean will fill that space with, space with water. Unlike in dry land, you could have a tall mountain next to an empty space, next to a valley. Just because there's a tall mountain doesn't mean that next to the mountain is going to be, one space does not affect the other. What does this mean in our lives? The Talmud says there's no water except for Torah. So what does it mean that you're full of water? That means the Torah you learn fills your entire being. It's not that the Torah remains on the shelf. Rather, the Torah fills your whole being. Your whole existence is full of Torah. And you are totally... You are the ultimate tycoon in knowledge. You are the richest that can be in knowledge. It's possible you're full of Torah, and yet you have no reverence for Hashem. You're full of Torah, but you have no sensitivity to Hashem's presence. 
זהו מה שאני מגמר בסכתא שבס, מה ידך סיבה, היה אמונה סיתך, אחרי זה נשאו אסחר בסככות אז גמר, אמונה זה סדר דרעים, אתך זה סדר מויד, חצן זה סדר נשם, ישוע זה סדר זיקן, חכמה זה סדר קודשם, חכמה זה סדר קודשם, וזה דעה סדר טהריס, וילהוכי רצה שם מצרי. הגמרא מביא איזה ורסט, the treasury of Hashem is fear of Hashem, which means that even if you have all the knowledge of all six sections of the Talmud, you know them perfectly, the entire Talmud you know in your fingertips by heart. Fingertips by heart, you know everything in Talmud, you can tell everyone what page everything is on. You're full of the entire oral Torah, which the oral Torah has in it, the written Torah. As the Talmud says that you could find, there's nothing in the, in the um, Talmud which doesn't have a hint to it in the Torah. So you're full of the written Torah, you're full of the oral Torah. You nevertheless, nevertheless, it could be that you do not have any reverence for Hashem. You don't have that treasure house of Hashem. Yes, he is full of Torah. But it's a dark Torah. It's Torah, but it's a dark Torah. The Torah itself is not damaged because the Torah is dark. In other words, you're learning Torah and your Torah for you is dark. So it doesn't hurt the Torah. But Shekosah says in the Torah about itself, Hashem says, my words are like fire. Just like fire cannot become impure, so to the words of Torah cannot become impure. However, that's regarding the Torah itself. Regarding you who study the Torah, when you have a merit, the Talmud says, the Torah becomes for you an elixir of life. When you don't have a merit, the Torah becomes the opposite, it becomes a poison. That even after you become rich in your knowledge of Torah, you have the same obnoxiousness that you had before you studied Torah. They've actually used the expression once about gases aruach. Gases aruach is an expression that means arrogance. The Rebbe says gases aruach also means that your ruchnius is gas, that your spirituality is, is coarse. That's, what this, that's what's happening to this gentleman who is full of terah, but the terah is for him a poison. The Rebbe just says that he's the same way he was before, but the language of the Talmud is, it totally becomes a poison. It, 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 it's possible to be even worse. It's not just you're the same as, as you were before. The terah is actually... You know, gasoline for the for the fire of arrogance. Because the more you learn, the more good you feel about you. The more the more you feel proud of yourself. Like the previous rabbi mentions in his Mimer, that he said in Yibes Tamus, David Hamelach said, Hashem is with me among those who help me, and I will see the downfall of my enemies. So it says that among the enemies of David HaMelech were Doyeg and Achitefel. Doyeg and Achitefel were people looking at them on the outside. They were very, very pious people. Everything they did was according to the rules of Torah. Although their learning of Torah was wondrous, the previous Rebbe mentions, I think it says over there, that uh, they were out in the field. And the Talmud says all the scholars compared to them were like grass or were low compared to their knowledge of Torah. 
am I correctly? So, so nevertheless, despite the fact, the fact they knew so much Torah, all their Torah was external. Because they have no reverence for Hashem. Therefore, their Torah didn't help them. The contrary, their Torah damaged them. Here's the question. How are you supposed to men, how are you supposed to kindle the lamp that's in the ocean when the when the sky does not have how are you supposed to give this guy reverence for Hashem? How are you supposed to give him the treasure house of Hashem? How are you supposed to all of a sudden light his neshama so he feels Hashem's presence when he knows the whole Talmud and didn't help? What are you gonna tell him? That he doesn't know. He already knows the entire Talmud. There's nothing that you're going to tell me he doesn't know. The Torah has contributed, it seems, to his, 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 his issues. And you're, what are you going to do? So what is Rabbi Rashab respond to him? Let's go. Rabbi Rashab says, take off your clothing and jump in the ocean. If you're going to go approach him. And explain this to him with the garments of your soul, with the garments of the soul, meaning your action, your words, or your thoughts. If you're going to try to reach out to him by doing something for him, by saying something to him, by thinking something uh, in his, trying to think in his merit about something, I guess I was referring to, or maybe I was referring to. Trying to impact something in him, trying to change the way he speaks, change the way he, th- he thinks, change the way he, think he does things. If, if that's all you're going to do, you're not going to be able to reach him. If you're going to reach his garments, or your, use your garment, hey, 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 I'm sorry, that was talking about your own garments. It says, take off your clothes, you can jump in the ocean. Yeah, so you, you cannot reach him with, you, you're going to think, elsewhere, Chassidus says, when you think good about some other person, it helps them. You dive in front of the person, it helps them. You speak to the person, words that come from the heart, it, it helps. It, it seems that you, you could reach a person with your thought, with your words, you'll do something you're, you, you, for him, but you're not going to be able to reach him. Why not? Because the guy's in the ocean, and he's insensitive. It doesn't help him. Well, the only thing, the solution is, you take off your clothing, and jump in the ocean, that means to have sacrifice. When you take off your clothing and you employ your dedication to Hashem beyond the limitation, then you'll reach Him. We're going to reach Him not with your thought, speech, and action. You're going to reach Him with the essence and depth of your neshama, which is not only the essence of your neshama is not only beyond thought, speech, and action, it's also beyond the law logic. Your essence can reach the other person's essence. With your essence, you'll touch his essence. With your words, you're not going to touch his essence. With your garments, you're not going to touch his essence. With your actions, you're not going to touch his essence. With, with the essence of your neshama, you'll reach his essence. What this means simply, a Torah scholar who did not have the merit that his Torah study makes him more pure and refined, the opposite, his Torah study makes him more coarse. If you're going to approach him and start arguing with him logically, you're not going to reach him, you're not going to accomplish anything. He already has he has intelligence before, he knows Torah. 
despite the fact he knows Torah, whatever reason it may be, the Torah has no effect on him. But when you try to take him because of the depth of your love that every Jew has for another Jew, like it says in chapter 32 in Tanya, that we all have one father in heaven, as it says in the Torah, you're all children to God. And therefore we all have one father. And it means what you're trying to reach is the godliness in his neshama, in your own neshama, and with the godliness in your neshama, you're going to reach the godliness in the other person's neshama, then, then you're going to reach the, the lamp which is in the ocean. Okay, so how are you going to reach him? Not with what you're going to say, the brilliant thing, the brilliant argument, or the brilliant uh, technique that you're going to do that will somehow um, touch, no, you're not going to reach him that way. There's only one solution. The solution is no chachmas, no intelligence. The solution is love. You have to love this person because of the love of your neshama for every Jew and reach like the Baal Shemtiv's father told Baal Shemtiv that in every situation may be in, whoever may be, to love them with the fire of your heart and depth of your neshama, that's, that's the only way to reach him. And now we can understand another part of the story. Whatever Ashab said, when you're talking about lighting the lamp in the desert, everyone will notice the lamp is, the lamp is in the desert. Everyone will notice that the desert is there, and the desert will be embarrassed that it's a desert. The Rebbe Ashab does not say about the ocean that the ocean will notice it, that people will notice it's an ocean. And the ocean will be embarrassed to be an ocean in front of the lamp. He didn't say that about the ocean, only said that about the desert. Why? When you affect someone who is in an ocean-like state, who is full of Tera, that he should suddenly feel reverence for Hashem, so then his ocean becomes a good thing. His ocean becomes an ocean of holiness. His ocean of Tera, which is, which is before a dark Tera, now his ocean will be an ocean of holiness. Therefore, there's no reason for him to be embarrassed about the Torah that he has, because all of those uh, words of Torah will now be alive. All those pages of Gemara will now will now be be lebedic with 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 a sense of connection to the author writes in the laws of Torah study that all the Torah mitzvahs the person does while they, are, while they are wicked, although temporarily they're adding energy to the opposite side of holiness, temporarily. Nevertheless, when you do tshuva, you extract from the opposite of holiness all the Torah and all the mitzvahs that you did. So they all are returned to the side of holiness. Okay, there's one more part of the story. After this response regarding to the lamp which is in the ocean, so the Rebbe was then asked again by this chassid, he asked the Rebbe Hashab, is this a chassid? And the Rebbe Hashab responded after thinking about it, yes, this is a chassid. Doesn't make sense. Since the guy had already asked what a chassid is, and he was told that a chassid is a lamp lighter, and the lamp lights also the lamp which is in the desert and in the ocean, why did he ask again if, he's a, if that's what a chassid is? That he was already told. Rabbi Hashem already answered it. 
And not only did the Chassid ask this question, but as the previous Rebbe emphasizes, the Rebbe Rashab also had to think it over. He also wasn't sure, so to speak. He had to think it over too. So it doesn't make sense. If the Rebbe Rashab didn't know, he would have to think about it before he answered him. And how can we have to think about it again? Why, what did the Chassid not know? And what did the Rebbe have to think over? The answer is, regarding the ocean, it's, there's a unique difficulty. When you have to light up the candle of God, the soul of man, in most Jews, even though there's a doubt whether you'd be successful or not, since we're talking about, about a Jew, and it says about every Jew that the Neshama is awake, the Neshama, may, may, although the person is asleep, it says in the Song of Songs, I am asleep, my heart is awake, my heart is awake to God, my heart is awake to Terah, my heart is awake to Mitzvah, so for sure, the doubts can be resolved for good. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this because this guy's heart is awake as Nisham. But when you meet a Jew who is completely saturated with Teira, he is full of Teira. Like water covers the ocean bed. He has all He has all six sections of the Talmud down pat. And nevertheless, the Torah has had no effect on him whatsoever to the extent that he has no connection at all with any reverence for Hashem. So then the chassid feels, that's a really hard job. And there's a doubt whether I'll, whether I'll be successful in it or not. It's true, it says in the Torah, that if someone, that Hashem says, Hashem says, says that the luminary of Torah will return a person to do true. But when you study Torah, even if you're studying Torah for the wrong reasons, the Torah will guard you. Like it says in, in the Talmud, Hashem says, I wish you would leave me, Hashem says, and keep my Torah. Hashem says, I wish you would uh, not, even if you don't pay attention to me, you know, learning Torah, not conscious of the giver of the Torah, but at least if you keep my Torah, the Torah has a luminary in it, and the luminary in Torah will bring you back. But that could happen in the next incarnation. So why should I try to help this guy when another guy in the next incarnation can work with him? And nevertheless, the chassid is told he has to do this because we're talking about someone's life being in danger, so the halacha is, there's no, there's no difference, no distinction when someone's life is in danger, whether the doubt that they, they may be able to be helped is a probable doubt, that's probable you'll be able to help him, or it's probable you won't be able to help him. Even if it's a doubt of a doubt, even if, even if there are a thousand doubts, if someone's life is in danger, the halacha is under a mound, and there's a very, very small chance you're able to save their life, the halacha is you still have to do whatever you can to save their life, maybe, maybe their life. But it's not a simple thing to do. You have to know how to approach this Jew. As we said earlier, you have to take off your clothing, which is really hard. And you need to really have a special meditation to reach a situation that you're able to take off your clothing. In order to touch the other person's inside in a way that their inside should not be covered by the garments of their soul. So you have to do that yourself and you have to reach out to the other person and you have to jump in the ocean, you have to have mysterious nefesh. Only then can you light up the lamp in the other person's, in, in, the, in the ocean. Only when you take off your clothing and you really, really care and you, and you try, to, try to reach your depth and core of yourself, only then can you possibly reach them. So it's very hard. And that's why the chassid had this question. And that's why they're about to think it over. Now we can understand the conclusion of the conversation. Can I grab the guy by his throat? What was his question? Grab the, grab the guy by his throat. Since 
the, by, from the chassid. It's being demanded that he should have sacrifice, that he has to jump in the ocean. So you might think, okay, if I'm having a sacrifice, so I could also reach out to the other person in an unconventional way. I could also grab him by his throat. Let me, if I have to have a serious nefesh, let him have a serious nefesh. Let, 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 let me tell him exactly where, where this is coming from and, how, and what the stakes are. Let me force him in an unpleasant way that he should actually pay attention. That's what the person may think. And this is the response to the Rebbe Rashab. No. Mesiris, nefesh, sacrifice regarding yourself. Not regarding the other person. You could grab him by his lapel. That means, even regarding clothing, the lapel is a more external garment. But you cannot touch the body of the other person. How much more so can you not touch his neshama? And this is a message that every Jew must give to his friend from this for bringing that the Rebbe Hashab had, that their free, previous Rebbe had, when relating the story of the Chassan and the Rebbe Hashab, we have to, you have to, what you have to share is as follows, that the previous Rebbe had sacrificed for this. You have to remember what a Chassid is. In the language of the Alter Rebbe, Chassidus is not meant to be for a certain segment of the Jewish people. The end is, all the Jewish people will be able, to, will accept Chassidus in their, as their portion inheritance. So, the role of a chassid is the role of every Jew, because every Jew, all Jews will, will, will learn chassid, all Jews will accept chassid as their inheritance. So when we say a chassid, we mean everybody. So every chassid, every Jew has to be a lamplighter to light up the lamps of the Jews around him. And even those Jews around him were like a desert, and even those Jews around him were like an ocean, and do this in a pleasant way, and in a positive way, and in this manner you fulfill your role What's the role of a person in this world? As it says in the Talmud, I was created but to serve my master, to be a lamplighter. Or in the language of the Rebbe Hashab, to be a candle to give light, to light up the darkness of the world, so that this physical, coarse world should become a home for Hashem. Yeah. Um. Okay, I'll stop here.